I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is coming into the world and we have to prepare our, our pupils for the real world. This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest. Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast. Hello, I hope you're all well. It's the 19th of March today. I hope you're all safe and happy. Um, so in this week's Surpass Community Weekly Update, we are talking about uh, lots of things to cover today, but I just want to remind you about a couple of new community members that have joined the community. So we've been talking about a lot recently over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so we have the National Board for Certified uh uh, certified councillors, and we also have the Council for Interior Design Qualification as well. And here's, I'm just going to play you a quick clip from the conversations I've been having with them uh, very recently. So over to that. So last year, when we started the search, we were looking for an item bank which can accommodate our needs for that particular exam. And while we were discovering that with Surpass, we thought, why not all the programs? So now we are with you with all of our programs for item banking. And it has um, certain back and forth between item writers and reviewers, then mentors. And we are so happy with the flow we have identified in Surpass, uh, which allow them to talk to each other within the program and accommodate each other. So we are really happy with that. I was actually looking on the Surpass uh, website to um, to gather some information on on exam development and ha happened across um, one of your podcasts and um, got uh, got connected with uh, with a, a contact there and, and Abby and Amanda and so that kind of kind of started the ball rolling. First two sections, the fundamentals and the and the professional, we um, those are multiple choice exams. So those are the ones that um, that we've transitioned to um, to surpass, and um, we'll really be using it for item banking. We'll be using it for um, item authoring. Uh, we have about seventy or so different um, volunteers that. Um, that help us with our, our exam development. Um, and then we'll also be using it to, to publish exams for, for delivery then with our, our um, test delivery um, uh, vendor. So a couple of different, um, different ways that we'll be, we'll be using that um, going forward. So it's fantastic there to hear from Callie, Isba and uh, Cornelia. Uh, if you want more information about uh, that, the, the new community members and any other stories that we've been publishing recently. Sam's very kindly put together as a bit of a news summary that that's gone out as part of our executive summary uh, for March. So if you've not received that email and get in touch and um, we'll add you to the main list. Uh, and that cont contains lots of other information about latest features uh, and other community activities. So please do uh, check that out. Also this week, we had a big webinar uh, with Kat and Andy from the user research and uh, accessibility teams. And we talked about user research and inclusive testing. As part of that, there was a big conversation about a new font. So open dyslexia font, uh, which is is awesome, really. It's quite an intuitive little uh, uh, kind of feature that uh, is going to help, hopefully, uh, people who have dyslexia uh, be able to read and, and uh, kind of process uh, information better. Um, so first of all, let's, let's hear them talking about what it is. So just to reiterate what, what Kat said earlier, uh, you know, dyslexia doesn't mean it's a lack, you've got a lack of intelligence. It is just a difficulty reading words and understanding them. Uh, there's various different reasons behind that. Uh, but basically, the open source font, um, it's, 
it is that it's open source, which basically means it's free for anybody to use. I think we've got a link to it uh, further down the presentation. Um, yeah, um, go download opendyslexic.org. I think I've I've not actually put it in the presentation, but we will be sharing the slide deck afterwards, so we'll include it when we send those resources out. Yep. So as I said, anybody who's able to go and download it and use it for yourself, you do suffer from dyslexia, and even if you don't, got maybe go and have a look at it, and and maybe you'll you'll find it easier to use yourself. Uh, but the way it works is it increases the spaces between the words, and it also increases the weight at the bottom of a word of a, of a letter as well. Uh, so you can see there at the bottom of this slide, the, the bottom of the O and the bottom of the D are a lot deeper. And what the weight means is it basically just increases the thickness of the letter. Um, and how that works is it allows somebody with dyslexia to be able to keep on the same line. So when pe when pe we talk about people that suffer from dyslexia, the way it, the way it works for them sometimes um, is that the words are jumbled up on the screen and they, they move around and things like that and they lose where they are on the page. Um, having a font like Open Dyslexic, which which the spacing of the letters and the words are, is a lot bigger and um, a lot more easy to read for them, uh, really allows them to keep track of where they are in the, in, in the content of the information that they're reading. Now, as part of the presentation, the webinar that uh, Kat, Andy and Ben presented, uh, they did some polling of the uh, guests that were watching. And initially, people's reactions were, it's a bit, it's a bit odd, it's a bit different. And I think we're all a bit like that when we see something new, something different, which um, is a bit strange. Ben even warned me ahead of it saying, we're going to put the uh, use the font. It's not on brand. Are you okay with that? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Let's put it out there. Let's see what happens. Now, as the session went on, people gave their reactions as to when they heard the value that it has for people with dyslexia. So um, it actually improved people's perceptions. Uh, it was just a, a quite a fascinating insight into how people uh, perceive this kind of thing. We talked also about the user testing that's, uh, that took place of it. So uh, here's Kat just explaining a bit more about the research that they've done. There were kind of three elements um, of the research that we really wanted to, to measure. Um, so one was reading speed. Um, so we provided a randomised sample of two texts. One was in uh, the Open Dyslexic font and one was in Calib Calibri. Um, and we asked the participants to silently read through um, the information provided to them. Um, so part of that was for us to record the time it took for participants to read both texts. Um, and we found um, that for the Open Dyslexic font, there was a 30% decrease in the time taken to read the text. So obviously, if you then translate that into an exam setting, um, you know, the quicker the candidate is able to read and consume the content, um, you know, the more valuable time they have then left to respond to the questions that you are asking them. So that felt like a really significant um, piece of data and information um, that you know could be used to help support any decisions made around what we do next. Um, we also wanted to measure the readability. So this is kind of an in, this is more indicative, um, but it's around you know how well did the participants understand what they had read once they'd read it. You know, so we got them to summarise um, the text that the, the extracts that they'd read, um, and we found that there was a fifty percent increase in um, the readability of the uh, open dyslexic font extract. Um, and then the third one um, was around their kind of emotional response to um, the experience of going through that process of reading the two different texts. And again, we saw an uplift of 34% increase in the positive comments about the open dyslexic font. So it was a really, really interesting 
um, kind of indicative way of being able to look at the information provided by the participants of the study and understand what that kind of means in real term. I find things like 30% increase, uh, sorry, decrease in the uh, time taken to read uh, a document using our font. I think that's absolutely fascinating. Um, finally, then, the guys just talked about what you can do as a community uh, to help improve the situation. So how can we make a positive? Uh, in terms of accessibility, Andy, how can people watching this right now have a positive impact on the testing industry in your experience? Now, um, for example, we, we've already mentioned things like color combos on screens and reducing cognitive load, but how might someone that is creating a test today do that? Is, is it as simple as considering the wording that they're using to write questions, for example. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you've got to take into account your audience that you're, you're trying to to deliver your test to. Now, this, there are, there are things that you can do around like choice of words and things. And, you know, the content of a question that you're asking to somebody is there a way you can word that better that somebody that may suffer from dyslexia or some other learning difficulty may be able to digest that question a little bit easier. And that's mm -hmm. not just for people with accessibility needs either. I mean. I mean, I, when I've taken tests in the past, I've sometimes thought, oh, you know, why have they worded it like that sort of thing? Well, you know, if they'd have worded it this way, it'd have been much easier for me to understand. Um, and yeah. I, I don't suffer from dyslexia. That's and, sort of what, which you know, of these is not the correct answer or not the wrong answer or something. And you think, well, why did you add that extra not in there? That's just, I don't need this exactly, right now. I'm doing yeah. an exam. Yeah. Yeah, and it's exactly exactly that, and it's just about taking things into consideration. I, I guess you know, think about who your audience is and, and the choice of words that you can use, and is is the point that you're trying to get across easy to understand? Mm. Okay, brilliant. Um, so, Kat, is there anything that you want to ask before I start rounding up? Um, I think it's just to kind of highlight that that you know the the running theme that's that's gone throughout this presentation is all around stress reduction, and that is the thing that we are really keen to support. Um, you know, from an inclusive perspective, you know, we want to make sure that that the surpassed delivery is, uh, it, you know, isn't adding any additional stress onto candidates at the point in which they're taking their exam. Um, and, you know, we really want to to kind of improve how we manage our accessibility through user testing so that we can um, reduce stress overall. Um, and yeah, as you said, you know, if anybody is interested in getting involved in any research, please do get in touch. Um, it's really important that you do get in touch if you do want more information about that. And if you want to watch the full presentation, then go to surpass.com slash webinars. Um, this was also the first time that we used our new networking environment uh, for webinars um, in earnest, and we're hoping to make more of it. We had uh, a number of the delegates stick around afterwards for pre, uh, sorry, post-event conversations with Kat and Andy, and it was uh, some really, really interesting uh, work there. And actually, it's been a fascinating exercise because there's been so much interest from uh, community members who want to take this research further. Either they've got a research pool themselves or they can actually help with international languages, etc. Uh, so it's not just about uh, English uh, presentation. So go to spas.com slash webinars to watch more information on that. So just some final kind of news and information that's coming up, so events that's coming up. So don't forget, today is the deadline for the e-assessment award submissions. Uh, I was talking to Karen, there's been loads of submissions, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't put yours in. If you've done some fantastic work, uh, summative, formative, uh, talent workplace, research, anything, go and have a look at the categories. There's eight of them, um, and there's also the lifetime contribution. So if you know someone who's been making a substantial uh, input to the assessment world and deserves recognition for that, then please do make sure you get that name across. Also, we have uh, Innovations in Testing coming up on the 27th of April. 
And we have uh, three presentations as part of that. So Kat and Andy will be doing a roundtable, uh, extending out their conversation they've had about the Open Dyslexia font and other research they've been doing. So please do check that out. Um, Abby and Steve will be talking about uh, ultimate candidate experience and uh, standard setting practices will be with uh, Amanda and Chris. Other news as well. So uh, save the date, uh, it's past conference, 4th to the 8th of October. So please do check that out. Um, go to the conference.spass.com if you want more information on that. Uh, but the idea at the moment is to have a virtual event uh, over the course of that week. Um, if social distancing measures allow in various different countries, we will try and have some physical uh, event going on. So it might be some workshops that are done in person, and then we have the main conference presentations done as part of a virtual uh, activity. So it's a kind of semi-hybrid uh, model that we're looking at. Also, I was going to tell you about a rumor alert. Uh, so look out and keep, you know, like this post, put your name down, so tell me more. Um, we There might be a happy hour coming in, in April for uh, members of the wider testing community. Uh, we're hoping to bring you more news on that. So please do uh, keep us posted on that. Um, we'll keep you posted on that one. Community news then, other activities, other information that's been going on in the community. So let's just have a quick look at some of these posts. Um, uh, very kindly, the Wine and Spirit um, Education Trust have uh, been posting about uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, and a bit of information there about uh, whiskey. So if you're a bit of a whiskey enthusiast or connoisseur, then there's some information you'd like to find out. Uh, some great quotes coming through. If you check out the NCFE feed, um, they've been talking to their community about their implementation of remote invigilation. There have been superb comments coming through from people and their positive experiences on that. So that's for functional skills and I think there may be other qualifications as well, but it's worth checking that out. Uh, Jared Dyer has been talking about uh, some research that's been taking place, uh, some preliminary research. I think I've got a bit of a quote here for you, a bit more information. Uh, so about gamification uh, uh, in uh, learning. So please do check that out. I'll share the post uh, on that. Uh, what else we've got? Uh, Cambridge Assessment. Uh, they've been they've got some uh, international test delivery uh, assessment delivery uh, activities going on. So please do check them out. And, and also uh, the Association of Learning Technology, they've uh, published uh, some survey information, annual survey uh, relating to um, learning technology and how that's changed in the uh, post-pandemic world. So thank you very much. Thank you for watching. I hope you're all safe and well. Stay safe and I'll see you. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.